Good morning, everyone. I've got a question to ask. Do you want to be a ninja? Terran and Lido will tell you how. They can't do it themselves because they're not that strong. This is the American Ninja Warrior song. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the American Ninja Warrior Hap Up Podcast. We are back. We are back. I am your host, Aaron Armstrong, and with me today is Lita. How are you doing, Lita? I am so good. I hope everybody's ready to strap in for an eight-hour podcast of American Ninja Warrior because we're covering every detail that we missed in the last three weeks. Right, Taryn? Uh, of course. And by <laughs> of course, I mean, yeah, not, no. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, we apologize for the absence. Uh, Lita was uh, on vacation in Europe and uh, and genuinely my thought was like, whatever, it doesn't matter. I'll just get somebody else to fill in. Um, and then I realized that, like, I don't really want to do this podcast without Lita. Uh, I think I'd find it kind of boring to just like not argue with somebody and only talk about runs. Like, I, like you know what I mean? Like, what is this podcast if not for like, I don't know, us? <laughs> yeah, that is very sweet. I was curious at first. I was like, I wonder who he's going to get as a sub. And I was like waiting for it to pop up in my feed. And I was like, mm, he's not going to do it. <laughs> there's, there's no reason for this podcast to exist exist otherwise yeah. i mean an, another another aspect of it is that like big brother is pretty crazy and so uh you know having uh, having something to lighten my load was was a little bit welcome uh but uh you know yeah you're so welcome um i also feel it's disingenuous to say that it was a vacation in europe because i do not have a job that makes it sound like <laughs> i'm like oh i just needed this relaxing vacation the the accurate information is that i am moving next week um hopefully to a place that has better lighting for the updates um but i'm moving next week i uh, am hopefully starting a new job soon uh so i was just like i've never really been to europe so i went for three weeks so you might call it a spirit journey I would call it a trip, um, which is functionally different than a vacation uh, because trips, you set alarms and wake up, you do things, you have appointments, you walk many miles per day, you don't lay on the beach. Is that so, what you do on a spirit journey? No, that's you what you do on, on a beach. vacation. A spirit journey is like more of a specific. Specific? <laughs> A spirit journey is all about finding the right words, the right specifical words to express your spirit. A spirit journey is a specific state of mind combined with a particular type of travel itinerary. I don't think that this was a spirit journey. I think this was like a, this might be my last chance to ever go to Europe for uh, quite some time. All right. There you go. Well, we are back and we will be talking about everything we missed. We will briefly go over the episodes that uh, that we didn't talk about. Um, just go over the highlights, the runners, the leaderboard, everything like that. Uh, but we 
we we are back. Lita, uh, as far as I'm aware, uh, has no more trips, vacations, or spirit journeys planned in the nope. near future. So uh, we Just should be good move. for the rest of the season. Uh, but uh, hey, we appreciate how many people were like, hey, where's the podcast? Because uh, there was a lot more people than have ever commented before. <laughs> yeah, I was like, who are you people? <laughs> who are you and where are the three that we know listen to the podcast? Yeah, <laughs> like these are all all of you nice people that we had no idea existed uh we were not expecting anyone to care otherwise we would have made a more formal announcement but it just kind of happened the the old adage is true uh you know give people something to to be complimentary about and you'll get three people complimenting you give some (laughs) give people something to complain about and whoa all of a sudden we have hundreds of listeners (laughs) (laughs) yes but we appreciate it it made us feel loved (laughs) all right well let's let's get into this we'll start with uh with a catch-up here uh let's talk about ketchup i i do hate ketchup but that's why we're starting with it to get it out of the way that's okay that's what i do with any meal where there's a part of it that i'm like "Eh," on i always eat that first um all right, let's let's start uh, with the thing I eat first. Uh, episode six, <laughs> Minneapolis, the final qualifying episode of season 10 of American Ninja Worry. We had a couple of new obstacles, the double twister and the diamond dash. OK, I believe you. I have no notes on any of the episodes except the most recent one. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I honestly you know. like I figured I'd write these down and then I'd remember them. But. They didn't really leave an impression. No. Well, it was like the first time in literal years that I've watched an episode of American Ninja Warrior without taking notes. Mm. So I was like really enjoying just like I was like, I don't need to remember details of this because we're just going to do a quick overview. But then I immediately forgot everything. It was it was very nice because I was like, oh, I can finally not pay attention to people I don't care about, which was a lot of them. I remember Megan Martin was in this episode. Um, so uh, we had a couple new obstacles. Obviously, uh, you know, I would comment on them if I had thoughts, but clearly I didn't have any thoughts. Um, <laughs> it did seem like uh, to me an abnormal amount of sob stories in this episode. Uh, I can't give you specifics, but that was my thought. I wrote that down as a note. Well, the other thing was that I watched all three episodes that I had missed in a row um, without taking notes. So I just have no idea who was part of which episode. There are certain stories that I remember, particularly, um, the besties that one of them gave the other one a kidney. Was that this episode? Um, maybe. I loved that one. So there are certain stories that stuck out to me, but you're right that there were, uh, probably the average amount of sob stories. Yes. Um, we, there were a couple of, uh, of highlights here. Matt and Akbar, uh, I'm sure this was probably your favorite part of all three episodes. Uh, they had to eat a tempura fried tarantula if oh Eric Middleton God. completed the course. And guess what? He did. This is so wild because like, if you, his whole thing was like, oh, I'm going to like, I want people to be more sympathetic to bugs because they're actually good. And like, here's this bug that crawls on me or whatever. It's like, why are you eating them then if you respect them? It's the it's the PETA philosophy. What's the PETA philosophy? It's they killed lots of animals. Oh, yeah. OK. <laughs> It's not really the philosophy. (laughs) Okay, it's a different thing. Um, But I just think that if you're trying to get people to respect 
your particular animals, you shouldn't fry them and batter them and eat them. Uh, and it's sad because I think that Eric Middleton uh, is cute and nice and I want to like him, but I don't support this at all. You hear that? Cute and nice people. Lita would like to support you, but just <laughs> don't don't mess well, with bugs. I think it's the thing of like, I know. So like, I obviously don't eat any animals because like, I think it's weird to kill any of them. But like to do it yourself, I think is like another layer. You know what I mean? Like, I always think it's weirder when people like buy the live lobsters and boil them. That seems to me like more cruel than just buying a cut of meat because like you're not removed from it at all. And like with killing bugs, like I know that this comes so naturally to people. Do you remember when I texted you because I was having a meltdown because I had to kill a bunch of ants? Because that was like the worst day of my life. So I don't understand how anybody does this. I mean, I guess so. Uh, <laughs> I mean, does it uh, does it bother you when you kill cells? Uh, this is not the same thing. I don't know. Because I know you are a bit of a drinker. I know drinking kills brain cells. <laughs> Uh, does, does that really, does that really strike up a They're moral mine. quandary? I'm in charge of my own cells. I, I wouldn't drink if it killed your cells. <laughs> no? No, I would sober up immediately. And what gives you ownership over those cells? Do they have any autonomy? Over my own cells and my body? Hey, I'm just trying to, uh, you know, advocate for cell rights here uh just because they're in your brain doesn't give cells are not the the same thing murder them cells are not the same thing as bugs bugs have their own cells my cells are mine i can get rid of them however i want to all right well i'm just uh i'm just saying but like killing bugs is like what sociopaths do when they're children well it's also what Everybody does when they don't want the bug in the house. Oh, so sad. I do hate spiders. I hate them deeply, but that doesn't mean that I want them to be temporid. <laughs> All right. Well, Matt and Akbar <laughs> ate a spider that was temporid. <laughs> uh, so they clearly don't share your feelings. Um, Dan Yeager uh, ended up going out on the ring jump here. Uh, very early and unfortunate exit for Dan Yeager. So we will not be seeing him in Vegas. Yeah, sad. And it was montaged. Yeah, well, you can only get so sad. <laughs> okay, fine. Um, all right. So let's let's go through the leaderboard here and uh, and mention new one that stood out. Obviously, Joe Morawski, uh completes the course with the fastest time. Uh, just just doing what Joe does. Yeah, classic Joe. Yeah. Uh, I don't think anybody expected anything different from Joe Morawski's performance. Eric Middleton was the uh, second fastest finisher of the night. Uh, the I guess the the incentive of forcing hosts to eat uh, bugs really uh, really made him kick it up a gear. The insective. <laughs> this is what you listen. This is why I needed Lita on the podcast. The, the look of disappointment on your face. <laughs> um, all right. Then we had Leif Sundberg. Uh, we had Michael Torres. Name. Yeah. Uh, Jake Murray is back with a new haircut. Yeah. You know, um, Jake Murray is not really 
my type physically, but he looks fine with the uh, with the haircut. Yeah, I feel like most of the time when you get a haircut, it's an improvement. I don't agree with that, but I think that it is if like your hair is like Jake's where it's like when it's down to his shoulders, it's not like long and luxurious like Daniel Gill's. It's just like kind of hanging there. So I think Uh, in that case, that's true. I don't know. I feel like if Daniel Gill got a haircut, he'd be looking pretty fly. It's going to happen. Like Daniel Gill is going to cut off his hair and it's going to be a big thing one of these years. I don't know. I I see him as the old guy with the same hair. Maybe. Well, he can grow it back, but he'll do it when like he's not like the the one of the best out there anymore. When like all of these 19 year olds have displaced him and he gets his first montage and he's like, OK, I have to do something to get a package. Well, yeah, he'll have a really disappointing cut, like string of runs and then he'll, uh, you know, he'll pull a, a flip and like all right, time to take the mask off. Yeah, I have to rebrand. Um, all right. Then we had Jonathan Stevens. Lance Picas back again, completing the course, uh, you know, uh, still just a sad story with his wife, but uh, a little hopeful, right? They they talked about finding a doctor that was uh, helping improve the situation. Yeah. So maybe she'll be on the course next year, because I guess that's what happens yeah. with these yeah, wives. That is what happens. Uh, Tyler Gillette uh, completes the course there. Uh, Dan Delano. Sean Darling Hammond, Ian Dory, doing his thing. Never heard of him. Uh, Dalton Knapp. Uh, <laughs> oh, a new Knapp. But n- not Drew ends up completing the course. Uh, he, Drew does uh, qualify, um, but uh, but Dalton ends up surpassing his older brother. Wow. Yes. New Knapp. Uh, and then Abby Clark with a very good performance, uh, first female to make it through the battering ram and, uh, is a course finisher. What was her thing again? Who was she? Uh, she's just like a new person. She didn't have a package. I don't think she had like a sob story or anything. She was just like one of those, <laughs> like, Oh, let's hype her up. She's cool. Okay. I don't, I feel like she had a, a thing, but I don't remember what it was. Yeah. See, this is how little I care about people's things. <laughs> I just want to know, like, oh, she's like the lawyer. She's like the whatever, you know? See, like, I look at her now as like, oh, she's the one from the Minneapolis episode that was like really good. I'm going to look out for her next time. I feel like I care more about her because I don't know about her thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, I like caring about people because of their uh, on screen uh, performances. I know. But what if her thing is something that like really hits home with you? Like she's a podcaster. (laughs) Yeah, Abby Clark is a podcaster slash uh, video gamer slash, um, I don't know, like advocate for some general good cause. (laughs) Then when I when I try to get her number, uh, like uh, (laughs) I'll I'll be a lot more motivated. You're always sliding into reality TV contestants DMs. Definitely between the two of us, you're the one who does that. Yeah, that's definitely a thing that I do. Um, (laughs) You made an Instagram to do that, technically. Uh, Maybe. Um, (laughs) To book uh, them on a podcast is still sliding. Yes. uh, Then we that was all of our finishers. Uh, Then we had Austin Gray uh, fail at the warped wall, I believe, because he attempted the uh, mega wall. And then failed his warp wall attempt afterward. I know someone named Austin Gray. I wonder if it's the same person. I doubt it. <laughs> okay. 
Then, uh, then we had Drew Knopp fail at the battering ram. He was the fastest to the battering ram. Uh, happy to see Drew back. Um, we had Hunter Gerard. He's oh, lizard, like, lizard guy, lizard king or king. whatever it was. Yes. Yeah. Uh, um, Michael Salenzi, uh, Carson Voiles, Justin Cranmer, Jelani Allen. These people all went out at the battering ram. And then Megan Martin, who also went out on the battering ram. So uh, Abby outperformed Megan here. Yeah, but Megan's great. It's true. Uh, Jason Sally, Garrett Lamb. All failed at the battering ram. And then we had a few more. This is apparently a somewhat difficult course, considering uh, how many people qualified who went down on this uh, agility obstacle. Uh, Our good friend, the giant John John Alexis Jr. went out on the diamond dash. Uh, Ben Antoine went out there as well. Andrew Rue Yori. The dog guy. Oh, yeah. I forgot about him. Also went out there, but did manage to sneak in and qualify. Oh, I didn't realize John qualified. Yes, he did. Oh, that's good. I would have mentioned him as a uh, unfortunate um, failure. (laughs) Otherwise, Um, James Gomez, Danny Bergstrom and Julius Ferguson all failed at the diamond dash but still managed to qualify and that is all of the uh the top 30 then on the female leaderboard we had abby clark obviously as the only finisher uh then megan martin who went out on the battering ram sarah Schobeck went out on the ring jump uh as well as jamie ross and sarah heeson and those were oh, the top five women right sarah Schobeck was friends with she like coached the one who had cancer something like like a joint joint package yeah i remember yes all right and that was minneapolis uh it was like uh, you know it was all right (laughs) okay i don't think that i have like thoughts about these individual episodes All right. Well, let's let's talk. Let's move forward to episode seven. The first of our finals episodes. Uh, we're in L.A. and we have some new obstacles. They replaced the uh, the whatever they are. Uh, the floating <laughs> steps. Is that what they're called? The yeah. I don't know. Um, the first obstacle. They're called the floating steps. Are they really the floating steps? They used to be the triple steps. And now they're the floating steps. Yeah, they are the floating steps. Um, Yes, uh, they replaced the floating steps with the this new obstacle called the Archer Steps. Um, I'm not sure exactly why. I guess it's it's probably too slow an obstacle, the floating steps, considering how many people have to like go one at a time. Um, so this one instead, there's you've got these little kind of like diamond sort of shaped um, uh, or like arrowheads shaped uh, platforms that you just run across and then jump to the next one. And then jump to the next one and then jump onto a rope. Yeah, I don't uh, really understand why they're called the archer steps. Maybe because they're shaped like arrowheads? I guess. Or like shields. They're kind of shaped like shields and those defend against archers. <laughs> I, yeah, nailed it. Probably it's, the arrow thing. <laughs> it's not It's not sponsored by the TV show Archer, though. No. To uh, be clear. Nor is it sponsored by... Uh, Green Arrow or whatever it's called. Oh, um, yeah. They have done cross promotion, though, before, right? Haven't they? Is that the one where someone does a salmon ladder? Yes. Okay. Well, there you go. 
they replaced the sky hooks with the flying shelf grab. Um, they're doing this apparently where they're just flat out, uh, straight at replacing, uh, obstacles from the qualifying course in the, uh, in the finals course, which I'm not sure why. Um, considering it's probably a lot more work for them to have to swap out an entire <laughs> obstacle. Um, I guess for balance reasons, which I'm totally fine with, but, uh, just kind of surprising. Yeah. And also like, I wonder if the contestants knew that going in, cause I feel like they expect to see the same first half. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, so yes, that happened. Then we got a, uh, a new one, the baton pass. And uh, and the new final uh, in the baton pass was, I believe um, it was just a bunch of baton shaped uh, like little sticks. And you had to like just traverse them through little holsters. Baton shaped um, stick, otherwise known as a stick. <laughs> well, it's called the baton pass. <laughs> you could have just set up a baton. Well, it's not just a baton. It's. <laughs> a baton shaped stick yeah um and then uh new final obstacle the spider trap uh instead of the invisible ladder um this is uh similar to what they used to have uh for the final uh, obstacle of the finals course where you just kind of climb up on all fours uh on the walls yeah this is uh what they have on the um the team ninja uh you know um final part um, but in, but with a, with a twist, there are some walls that they have to push, um, out to the side as they go up. Um, I kind of underwhelmed with this one, to be honest. And if you get trapped in the spider trap, you get temporid and eaten. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we've seen anybody fail this yet. Yeah. In Which, now three, three episodes. I mean, I feel like that's fine though. Cause in all of these places even if you got there you would have qualified anyway yeah but it kind of it kind of like eliminates the tension like uh what was great about the invisible ladder was that like it was not even close to a gimme um yeah and it allowed you to see like all the struggle on people's faces and only like the really good people were able to make it through this is this is kind of a seemingly a a gimme obstacle at the end and kind of takes the tension away of like will they finish and also kind of lessens the impact on uh on you know finishers like oh whoa what a great run like uh, you know more people did it i always feel like people are gonna hurt their necks like opening those doors with their heads yeah gives me anxiety yeah um, so, uh, we saw Janique Lovett out on the doorknobs. She is not going to qualify for Vegas. That is a notable exit. Uh, and then also Grant McCartney for the second year in a row is going to go out and not qualify for Vegas. Uh, wow. He's, yeah. he is not eating. He's not eating. Um, this is, I did hate the way that they edited this, where it was the thing of like, uh, while we were away, this person qualified, which bumped Grant down to 13. Then this person made him 14 or whatever. And then it's like, now he's sitting at 15. And there's still like an hour left in the episode. And they're like, it all comes down to if Sean Bryan does it or not. And it's like, no, it doesn't. Like, maybe I guess in real life, maybe that's how it was. Maybe that's how it worked out. Sean was the last to go. I don't know. I wasn't there. But on the TV show, it made it seem like Sean was the only thing between him and the finals. But then there was still a bunch of runners in the rest of the episode. Really? Wasn't Sean one of the last ones? 
Well, I don't know, but there were still montages after that were like, while we were away or whatever. So at least it set it up like he may have been one of the last full runs, but like there were still other people. Hmm. Well, uh, Sean Bryan ends up being our top finisher fastest time uh of the night for the finals course um sean bryan just uh he is is trying to prove that it was not a fluke making it to stage three last last year he is a contender i think we believe that i don't think anybody thought it was a fluke yeah well you know in order to really like uh, cement yourself you you've got to you've got to get there a couple times so uh he's uh he's still got something to prove yeah, I guess also just between like all of the spinoffs and USA versus the world and stuff like we know Sean's good. Yes. Uh, Nicholas Coolridge is the second fastest finisher of the night. Uh, happy to see Nicholas doing well. I believe uh, was he I think he was montaged again. I think that's just a thing that happens with him. Nicholas's Instagram is incredible. He and his girlfriend question mark do like the most incredible acro yoga I've ever seen. There you go. That's all I have to say about Nicholas Courage. Uh, Josh Levin, uh, with uh, who I believe was also montaged. Always um, montaged. Josh was, Levin. Uh, obviously, uh, third best time. Does very well here. Uh, Kevin Bull, fourth best time as a finisher. See, look, at, there's so many finishers. It's, yeah. it's not what's supposed to be for City Finals. Um, uh, Kevin Bull does, has a has a good run here. But this was also a really stacked episode. It was. These are uh, these are all you know, Sean Bryan, Nicholas Coolidge, Josh Levin, Kevin Bull, uh, all great. Um, and then we're gonna. There's even more. Uh, we got Brian Rambo, kind of a, a newer addition. He was uh, in fifth place there. Um, I think he was the urban farmer. Oh, I think. Okay. Yeah. Mixed feelings. Um, then uh, Adam Rail in sixth. Uh, Flip Rodriguez here in seventh. David Campbell with a city finals finish. Very happy to see David doing well there. And Derek Miyamoto uh, as I believe the eighth or ninth place finisher of the oh, city finals. Course. I cried watching Derek Miyamoto finish. I don't know why. It just for some reason, like he was really emotional, I guess. I don't know. That that one got me. There you go. Uh, so those are the finishers. Then we had Spencer Clapp who failed. Who? OK, there, there was one failure at the spider trap. It was Spencer Clapp. OK, I don't think they even showed that. Huh. Uh, then uh, Thomas Coffrin failed at the baton pass along with Nick Hansen. The Eskimo Ninja, Eric Nelson. Oh, Nick Hansen had the like, we're going to show his entire run, but it's during the commercial break. Yes. <laughs> so annoying. <laughs> so I was like, now I can't skip the commercials, <laughs> which I know uh, is the point, but it's so annoying. Also, very strange because watching their runs during the commercial break is Probably, if you never go to a taping, the closest you'll ever get to the experience of watching a <laughs> taping of of these runs, because there's no music, there's no commentary. You're just watching them, and it's like it's it feels a lot more real, it's even though it's the see. most commercialized yeah. version uh, of the thing. Yeah, yeah. Whoever. Uh is trying out next year for American Ninja Warrior. Make sure that your run is never exactly as long as a commercial break because they'll <laughs> stick it during the commercials. Yes. Um, then we had Eric Nelson, 
Davion Hancocks uh, and Brian Kretsch, who manages to sneak in at 15th place, who failed at the Baton Pass. And I do believe uh, uh, Grant McCartney was 16th. Mm. I know at the very least they showed David Campbell after Sean Bryan. Okay. Because I remember thinking, like, if I were Grant, I would know that I was screwed if I still had, like, so many of these people to go after me. Yeah. You know, there's, there's always hope. Yeah. Uh, then uh, the two women to qualify, Tiana Weberly, Sweet Tea, made it to the Baton Pass. Um, so it uh, does pretty well there. Very, very good run from Tiana. She finally made it past that fourth or fifth obstacle yeah. um, and uh, managed to qualify as the top female athlete in Vega for uh, for the L.A. finals. And then Anna Shoemaker is the second female qualifier who failed at the Giant Cubes. Oh, right. Those were wacky. Those look so hard. Yeah. Well, nobody who failed at them qualified except for, except Anna. for her. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that was the L.A. finals. Uh, this is a good episode. I thought this was pretty good for, uh, you know, it definitely definitely stacked, but not with like this necessarily like the big superstars of the show. Yeah. And there were no uh, like Jurassic Park crossovers this time. <laughs> no. Which I always like. <laughs> Uh, then we had the Dallas finals, uh, where we had another, some more new obstacles. The broken bridge is going to replace the tuning forks. And, uh, and then we had this, uh, this new obstacle, the mission impossible fallout obstacle. Okay. (laughs) This is, I watched this literally yesterday and I already don't remember it. Uh, well, it reminds them of Tom Cruise in mission impossible. Okay. This might have been the episode that I fell asleep during. <laughs> this is well, you just <laughs> said they didn't have a Jurassic Park uh crossover and uh this is the episode where they have the Mission Impossible crossover. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, no, okay. So what happened was they were like, We're gonna show you like a clip. So I was really jet lagged when I watched these. It wasn't yesterday, it was a few days ago. Um and I stayed up for the first two and then this one they were like, We're gonna show you like a clip from Mission Impossible and I kind of like dozed off during any Mission Impossible commentary or Spawn Con or whatever, but then I think I forgot to wake up. <laughs> well, there there was a message from three of the stars of Mission Impossible, none of which were Tom Cruise. Who were they? Uh, Simon Pegg, uh, Henry Cavill or whatever, and uh, some lady, I think. I don't know. Oh, I love some lady. Um, Henry Cavill is controversial right now because of the mustache i heard there was no. a mustache no because of the cgi mustache no that was a while ago henry cavill was one of those guys who was like i feel like i can't even flirt with women anymore because of me too oh it's so hard it's gone too far and then people were like hey man that sucks don't say that and then he was like i would like to clarify my comments and then just like kept digging his grave mm. it's very bad i often find that it's difficult to be super handsome like henry cavill <laughs> yeah it's must be a really hard life for him what was he in that i've seen him in mission impossible fallout <sighs> yeah i loved that film and definitely went to see it um he henry cavill was in something he was I don't superman know. what he was superman yeah i would never see that um Maybe I'm thinking of Sebastian Stan. Yeah, I think I probably am. 
Because Sebastian Stan had an iconic mustache in Itania, so maybe just when I think of mustachioed actors, I get those two confused. He was in The Tudors. <laughs> Do not Stardust. Know mm, all right. Anyway. Um, not many things. Yeah. He's really not that handsome. He looks kind of like um, like a Madame Tussauds wax figure of a man. Yeah, because he looks like Superman. <laughs> yeah. I guess I'm not a big Superman guy. <laughs> no. No. Not a not a big Superman guy. No, I'm not. I like Spider-Man. You're more of a Spider-Man guy. Yeah, I'm a big Spider-Man guy. Okay. Spider-Man. Um, who's the other star of Mission Impossible? Uh, it's, it's uh, I don't there it's it's all about uh, you know, Tom Cruise. Yeah, I've never seen any of the Mission Impossible movies. I just watched the first one in preparation for watching the rest of them and then the new one. Was it Vanessa Ferguson? Was she the other person that had a message? Maybe. Okay. <laughs> I have nothing to say about her. She's just a person that I'm vaguely aware of. All right. Well, uh, it was actually an interesting obstacle. I actually kind of liked it. Um, the, the, you basically, you have to grip one hand forwards and the other one backwards. Um, on the reverse side and then, and then jump to the next like hanging thing where it's the opposite. And then you have to jump onto this, uh, this disc that's, that spins and you need to keep it steady as you transfer to the next disc, which, uh, will go back, uh, side to side. Um, although nobody had any trouble on that one, uh, before dismounting. So it was actually, uh, it was actually interesting watching these people. Uh, you know, it would definitely require different skills than, than you usually train for. I think. What did it have to do with mission impossible? Just like, it was very tricky. Mm, yes. In the first, in the first movie, they're hanging off of helicopters a lot. Uh, Yeah. That to me just says Jeff Probst more than action movie. Well, Jeff Probst is an action movie. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think that there was a Mission Impossible like parody on The Simpsons one time. Probably. But it might have also been James Bond. I kind of get those movies confused. There was definitely a James Bond parody. Okay. They're like up in the mountains or something. I don't know. And there's I've never a laser. Seen... Yeah. Yeah, that was James Bond. I've never seen any of these films. Oh, no, I saw Quantum of Solace on a plane uh, many years ago. And I was like, why is this title sequence so long? Really? That's the one you saw? Quantum of Solace? <laughs> it was on a plane. I thought you were supposed to watch bad movies on planes. Um, this was like forever ago. Um, but I just couldn't understand why the title sequence was so long. And that's the only thing I remember. Because it's, it's a thing. It, that's like a James Bond thing? Yeah. Ugh. Each, each one has a new, as a different song. It's made specifically for it, and it's in a long opening sequence. Yeah, because Adele won an Oscar for Skyfall, I think. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Tremaine Dorch goes out on the salmon ladder again, and we'll, we will not be seeing him in Vegas. Uh, unfortunate for Tremaine Dorch. Poor Tremaine. Yeah. Uh, then looking at the leaderboard here, Daniel Gill was our fastest finisher with that hair. With that hair that yeah. he will have for not forever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Matthew Day, who they were hyping up quite a bit, um, came in second uh, as a, another finisher. Uh, Josh Salinas was the third fastest. Jeremiah Morgan, who was electrocuted and dead uh, before <laughs> right. being revived, uh, managed to finish the, with the fourth fastest time. 
The problem with that story was that like it was hard to follow like why it happened. Because it it was raining and there were lights and he touched like a live wire or something. Right, exactly. Like I get it. I get how it happened, but it's hard to make a dramatic story when it's like mostly very logistical of just like these the children were playing in the yard and it was raining and so we had to like go touch this wire for some reason. They should have done one of those like uh like dramatic reenactments. Yeah. With actors. Yeah. With their faces all shadowy. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they definitely should have done that. That night would have been more clear to me. Yes. Um, so uh, then we had the kid, Matisse Awadi, with the uh, fifth fastest finish of the night. And uh, those were the five finishers for the Dallas course. Yeah, the kid got the big uh, testimonial package. Yes, very hyped up. Yeah. And I'm just waiting for the haircut. Yeah. Yeah, he's still I think he still has like a year or two to grow into his face. Where right. like even if he does get a haircut, he's still gonna look like cute and not handsome. But then once he starts to get handsome, he should get a haircut. <laughs> All right. Well, then we had Thomas Stillings uh, and Abel Gonzalez, who both fell on the fallout obstacle. Oh, Thomas didn't qualify. What? Oh, Thomas did qualify. Oh, you're yes. reading the qualifiers now. Yes, okay, these sorry. are the qualifiers. <laughs> I was going to be really surprised. Did he get montaged? Thomas, I believe, was uh, one of the ad runs. Oh, OK. That's why I didn't see it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> then we had Brian Burkhart, who went out on the nail clipper, as well as everyone else who qualified. They all went out on the nail clipper. Uh, Elliot Jolivet, uh, Carson Williams, Andrew Swinghammer. Mike Murray, Brent Stephenson, Josh Norton, and Kevin Jordan all went out on the nail clipper, but qualified for Vegas. So uh, we will be seeing some Brent Stephenson and maybe some more dog shirt. Oh, Mr. Mowgli. Yeah. Uh, And then the two female qualifiers here, Barclay, who made it to the nail clipper, also had a great run, uh, top female qualifier. And then Brittany Hanks, who went out on the broken bridge in the uh, in the first half of the course. Yeah, it was lit for Barclay. Yes, she did very well. I feel like Akbar in particular really loves Barclay. Yeah, well, I mean, I think he loves Jesse a little bit more. <laughs> Jesse Graff? Yeah. Well, well, yeah. We'll talk about it. <laughs> OK, yes. Um, all right. So let's that leads us into the Miami finals. Uh, we'll get into this now about uh, 40 minutes into the podcast. Uh, so uh, here we go. Uh, we have this this new finals course, um, starting with the <laughs> Lita is jumping. Sorry, it just thundered so loud outside and it scared the crap out of me. <laughs> she literally jumped. <laughs> I was like looking outside to be like, is it raining? Because it wasn't a second ago. And then as I was looking, it just thundered so loudly. I'm sorry. I'm good. (laughs) All right. The uh, Miami finals course starts with the archer steps that we have described. Then the cannonball drop, which replaced the flywheels here. Um, A lot of people going to have trouble with the cannonball drop. Uh, Then razor's edge ring turn slippery summit the warped wall into the salmon ladder and then a new obstacle the crazy clocks which i actually did enjoy um you had to hold on to these two little hands of a clock um that is essentially hanging upside down and you had to push those 
arms around to the other side and there was a good amount of resistance to them. So uh, it took some strength to push them around. Uh, and then you had to transfer from that to a uh, a middle section that was just like this sort of upside down or this this U-shaped sort of thing that you grabbed onto and then transfer to another clock where you had to do the same thing and then dismount. Um, and so uh, we saw a lot of people have trouble with this these crazy clocks. They're too crazy. Too crazy. It's a good name. I think they could have been the Cuckoo Clocks, which is the same idea, but already a thing. <laughs> Cuckoo is a synonym for crazy. That's true. Um, then we had the stair hopper, which uh, remains uh, t- remains uh, as one of the most uh, just like finicky obstacles. Um, v- like one tiny little uh, misstep, and you will fail the stair hopper, as we will see. I, I think the stair hopper really ends up taking a lot of the uh, the steam out of the episode <laughs> toward the end. Yes, a hundred percent, because the two main stars completely one hundred percent could have finished it and. Mm. Yeah, especially when you're hyping up like these are our two best competitors, athletes in the entire field, and they're both going to fail. Same obstacle. Yeah, for no good reason. Neither of them were tired. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we start off with, uh, or sorry, and then obviously we finish the course of the new spider trap. Uh, We start the episode with Michael Johnson, the 25-year-old gym manager who's got ice in his veins. Yeah. Uh, does he remind you of the uh, the great Olympic sprinter, as Akbar says? No. <laughs> Maybe there, I have no idea who that is. Well, Apparently there's someone named Michael Johnson with the same name. There is a, there is a sprinter named Michael Johnson, but uh, I don't believe he's this jacked. Oh, OK. So you actually do know who it is because you were one of the top two track and field athletes at your school or whatever yes and also it was uh i was just just old enough to to know uh who the sprinters were back when michael johnson was a sprinter Mm. um so uh michael johnson going for speed uh through the course into the salmon ladder uh but then does miss the transition to the middle part of the crazy clock we're gonna see a lot of people miss that uh that transition Yeah, we're also going to see more than one person like literally slide on the mats after an obstacle. He's the first person to do it. And I wonder if it was like raining or something or if people are just like too, too enthusiastic. I don't know. Well, if you remember, I used to talk about how I think the stair hopper, they put like Vaseline on there or something. So maybe they decided uh, we we don't want to get caught putting Vaseline on the stair hopper. Let's put Vaseline everywhere so that it looks like everything is slippery. Then nobody will focus on the stair hopper. That's definitely an extremely realistic theory. Yes. Um, and then we had a montage starting with Lindsay Eskildson, who qualified for Vegas last year, but got bounced out early on the cannonball drop. Then we had Ethan Supranaut, who was an astronaut, I think. Um, His real name cannot be Supernaut, and he's an astronaut. Supernaut. And he's an astronaut? I don't know. I just saw astronaut. <laughs> it might have been a pun. But I don't know. Um, I think that might be his like ninja nickname, like the super knot. That's a terrible nickname. Yeah, uh, he was out on the slippery summit, so we don't have to uh, care anymore. Okay. Um, then uh, Kaye Alexander, uh, who was out on the salmon ladder and Akbar yells, yippee Kaye! 
Yeah, because he can't say the whole quote. Yeah. Some cross-promotion for the roast of Bruce Willis on Comedy Central this year. You know who else couldn't say the whole quote? Who? Bruce Willis in the PG-13 Die Hard movie. Is that what you? Is that the one that you saw? I saw all of them. Oh, was it like edited or something? I'm pretty sure uh, you, because when you say mother effer, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's it, it implies you can say, I believe, two or a certain number of, of F words in a PG-13 movie, but not if it's used in a sexual context. And oh, and Mother adding Effer the prefix? Oh, my God. in a sexual context. So he was not able to say it. So I believe what they did was there was like a big explosion or a loud noise that like, you know, oh, we saw him mouth the word, but he didn't, we didn't hear him say it. Wait, he doesn't actually say it? No, well, he says it, but you don't hear him say no, it. No, but... That's wild. There's like no sound clip of him actually saying that. I mean, no, I've never in, seen in these the, movies. In the PG-13 version. Uh, oh, they... So there's Die Hard like one through three. And then there was uh, it was Die Hard. I don't know. It was like four. And it was called like uh, Live Free or Die Hard or something. Um, and it was rated PG-13 instead of R. So he says okay. it in the first three. Okay. Wait, he says it in every single movie? Yeah, that was it's his catchphrase. Oh, that's so dumb. Okay. I thought it was like just like a one time like iconic movie quote like that everybody knows. Well, if you pretend the sequels don't exist, which is a thing that you should do from a lot of movies. I mostly pretend none of them exist. I've met Alan Rickman in real life. Yeah. That's my connection to Die Hard. <laughs> R.I.P. Um so uh yes, uh Yippie Kaye is uh the quote uh drew hendry is up next a 34 year old nursery farm director uh his wife was uh w- went through a-, a bout of infertility i don't um, think it was a bout i think she doesn't it's not like she, she I, I wasn't break. sure how to say that she said she went through infertility and i was like is that a thing you go through or are I, you infertile but she clearly wasn't infertile because she did end up having a, a child so through ivf right so you can, would you, you would can, just say she's infertile? Yeah, you can in- conceive through IVF if you suffer from infertility. I think what she meant going through it was that like she went through it. She went through conceiving a child or went through attempting to have a child while infertile. She still is infertile, but she's not going through it anymore because she's no longer trying to conceive. So it's no longer relevant. Right. I think so. she would say she's like no longer like suffering from it was a process that she went through yeah i feel like we need to all get on board with uh like how to say that i also just think that the word infertile is so gross because women are like we are not mesopotamia like we don't need to be like lush land for crops like we're humans are you fertile are you fertile yet? Ugh, it's so gross. It just it reminds me of the fertile crescent. It's like, ugh. Uh, we are not farmland. Yeah. Um, funny that he is a nursery farm character. Yeah, that's farmland. Um, he's uh, he's pretty solid up to the crazy clocks, but then uh, then goes down. Yeah. And I never have to say the word fertile on this podcast again. <laughs> no. Next up was Jessica Clayton, uh, the 36-year-old woman who is in customer service. Um, She gets stuck 
on the cannonball at cannonball drop and just cannot dismount and will be uh, one of the many who is going to fail very, very early here on the cannonball drop. Yeah, she's like a mom who has kids that she's worked hard for. That's her thing. Yeah, it's a thing. Um, then we had RJ Roman, the 21 year old musician. He's a bassist in the, uh, popular metal band Emunes. Is it popular? No. H- have you checked? I did. You did? <laughs> Where I was did you annoyed check? that they called it popular and then I checked and, uh, nothing. How do you spell it? E-M-U-N-E-S-S. And Emuness, like like the quality of being an emu. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, they are not popular. On Spotify, they do exist. Um, all of their songs have like... So you know how on Spotify, it'll say like how many plays a song has? Next no, to it? I don't okay. use it. I'm talking to the audience. Um, <laughs> on Spotify, it'll say like how many plays are next to the top 10 songs. Um, but their minimum is... A thousand. So if it has less than a thousand plays, it'll just have the less than sign with a thousand next to it. And that's all of them. Yeah. All of their songs. Um, so that sucks. Maybe they're like very popular in their area. Mm. Like at his like university or whatever, maybe they're like the most popular band. Like the most popular band at my university was called Blink 182. They were a Blink 182 cover band. And I wouldn't say that they're like, popular uh it's just kind of the band that everybody can name yeah i guess so uh but uh to be fair to rj he did not claim he was in a popular band uh <laughs> it was it was uh it was matt i believe so uh i'm Maybe not gonna matt loves it i'm not gonna blame rj for this um he also talked about his mom was an addict um and uh and music was his ex- his way to express himself uh and uh guess what lita what He's going to shred the course. Oh, wow. That's uh, so good. Yeah. Hey, shred it. I think I kept a Shauna Na account, but I can't um, I can't find it. Did you keep one? No. Wait, no, I found it. I did find it. Okay. There was one in a montage in Minneapolis. There was one in the LA City Finals. and There was one in the Dallas City Finals. All right. So we're up to uh, five and a half. <laughs> Um, you can't remember you can't remember your version because it's dumb because it's dumb and you can't remember that's why this is why it's a good thing to have a half because i remember the half (laughs) 5.66 recurring everyone has agreed with me everyone multiple people said this week while we were gone they're like where's the american enjoy podcast and i was like coming back soon and they were like love you lita you were right about the shot yeah Hockey. that one person who said that yeah everyone no, multiple people have come to me with the support of the truth that, of math of science that moment of hesitation is it all was, the proof i need it was hesitation because i didn't know what the original number was i knew it was 0.66 i didn't know if it was two or three that we had had prior I, 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 if they, if the listeners could see the look on your face in that moment, they would know everything that I knew. They're gonna, they would know the, the shame and the, uh, the, the, the Taryn is rightedness on your face. Uh, they, they would know it all. Um, I was so. <laughs> deliberating on what the original number was. I knew that there is an extra one third. God. I think, uh, I think. I think the listeners know the truth. 5.66. I was the one who kept track. 
<laughs> for us. I'm the professional. <laughs> I'll give you that. I was, uh, <laughs> people were like, are you going to keep the Shauna knockout? And I was like, nope. Well, you are welcome. I am not paying attention for six hours. Uh, I, <laughs> I really would love for Akbar to just say the word Shah. So then mine could be around number again. And that would be easier to remember. Mine would also be around number again, because I would also count that as half. That's insane. You're a madman. Um, all right. Uh, so then we have another montage starting with Jason Bergstrom. Uh, he has, uh, the Bergstrom bunch, nine kids. God, <laughs> my personal circle of hell. Uh, he crashes down on cannonball drop. Just like everybody else in the world. Yes. Then we have Todd Bourgeois, the Cajun cowboy who couldn't wrangle his way through the crazy clocks. I feel like this guy did something with, like, turtles or frogs or something that I hated. Probably. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, here's somebody who does do things that you like. Um, Eddie Stewart, the 35-year-old firefighter, calls himself Pactacular. Uh, dude, no, that's Jesse from Big Brother. I know, they um, literally, Matter Akbar literally says Mr. Pectacular yeah. about him. Not okay. And Matt should know. He should. Yes. Yeah. Matt should know better. Um, he uh, He's doing the left-right double-double. It's taken off, Lita. I know. I love Megan Martin being like, <laughs> I can't do that. I won't do that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Megan. Uh, his son is wearing a t-shirt that says left-right double-double. Can you imagine being a child wearing that shirt? I can't imagine being a child or re wearing that shirt, let alone being a child wearing that shirt. Uh, is it difficult for you to imagine yourself being a child? <laughs> yes, I have fully rejected that I was ever a child. Do you have amnesia or something? I just don't like to believe that I was ever one of them. Um, anyway, I really hate this. <laughs> it grosses me out. I don't like it. Yes, he's going to get a, a, this big package about the left-right double-double and then go out right away on the cannonball drop. Uh, this was really the episode of, like, just uh, lots of build-up to, okay, disappointing. Yeah, also it's a weird way to go out where he, like, doesn't fall in the water at all. He just falls off. Of, he, like, steps off of the platform. Yeah, he just loses his balance and steps in the wrong direction. Uh, then we had Devin Harrelson, the 34-year-old tattoo artist, a.k.a. Dougie Fresh, uh, with a very sad package. One of his best friends recently died in a car accident. He's in tears describing it. Um, very, uh, very emotional package. The uh, widow of his uh, of his best friend in the package talking about how Dougie is going to be running in honor of uh, of her husband. And uh, then he also goes out right away on the cannonball drop. Yeah, I don't know why we needed to see two of the cannonball drop exits right in a row like in full <laughs> I, wish they had I don't know why we needed to see the stair hopper exits right in a row either <laughs> yeah that's um, well that one at least they had to save those two for the end yeah uh then we had ryan stratus the 35 year old ninja coach the this is his most important run of his entire career because if he doesn't do better than Brett Sims, he has to shave his beard and Brett says nobody's ever seen ryan without a beard since he was born yeah, that I mean, there are people like that that just know 
that the beard is powerful and there's no reason ever to shave it. I think this is the the best evidence you've ever had for it, considering both Ryan and Brett are going to be two of the uh, few finishers of this course. And uh, and it's because they don't want to lose the, the beard power. Yeah, it's great motivation. At first, I hated this bet because I was like, oh, no, somebody's going to lose a beard. But in reality, it's just forced both of them to keep the beards as long as possible for as for as long as possible. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so yes, Ryan is going to take on this course. He's the first to make it to the second clock does manage to push through it, even though it does look a bit difficult. He makes it all the way through the stair hopper with a grimace on his face. This is a great run. Uh, and he manages to complete the course. He is going to be our first finisher of the night. Everybody grow a beard. It gives you powers. I guess so. We're going to get then a uh, cannonball drop montage uh, where we see Greg Manders, Jordan Brown and Eli Bell all fall on the cannonball drop. Eight victims so far of the second obstacle in the finals course. There's only 30 runners uh, yeah. or I guess 35, um, potentially 35. Or, yeah, I think um, it's 33 or something. Yeah, here. something like that. Yeah. Uh, and eight of them thus far have fallen on the cannonball drop. The second obstacle. It's crazy. It's too much. They need an adjustment. I feel like it's not their fault. Like this is a, this has been a, a tried and true second obstacle <laughs> for a while. I don't know. I think it's damp. I really maybe, do. Maybe. Uh, then we had Neil Craver, the 37 year old artist. And uh, he's training with ice. Is Everybody stop dunking yourself in ice. It's weird. I don't like it. This is like the we had the polar bear clock. I mean... <laughs> Polar the bear polar clock. bear clock <laughs> I, was like, I was looking at my notes and I saw crazy clocks uh, <laughs> um, we had the polar I mean, bear I love my polar bear clock but I don't know where you you saw that it's not in the podcasting room oh my god do you actually have a polar bear clock no of course oh, not it'd <laughs> be great um at the boy bear plunge we had that lady um and now we have the uh the ice training i i don't like it we've also seen like the the cryo whatever training someone did maybe daniel gill mm. or somebody like i i don't get this i don't like it it's just one of those like uh you know body hacking optimizing kind of things he says um, it's like having three cups of coffee at one time which like just have three shots of espresso in your coffee well, well, don't do that. Why? What's well, a lot of caffeine? It's fine. I'm endorsing it. You should do it. It's like dunking yourself in ice. Apparently, I, I think at some point uh, the the caffeine at a certain level of caffeine, you, you lose the effectiveness of the caffeine. Is that why I fell asleep an hour after drinking an espresso the other night? And then I was I like, so. mm, I should probably stop drinking coffee. I'm pretty sure it's either 400 or 600 milligrams is uh, is the maximum amount before it starts to like just not work. Yeah, I don't know. I love my chemical dependency and I do not want to dunk myself in ice. <laughs> well, it was just a very strange package. I don't know, like, where he was. This right. looked like a professionally put together, like, studio that they wanted specifically. Because, like, obviously, like, the uh, the barbell with ice weights is, like, like, is this just a... I don't understand. This just seemed made up to me. Well, he is an artist, so maybe none of this is even ice. Maybe he just did, like, some glass work. Maybe. And then it's put a fog strange. machine in there. 
Yeah. Uh, well, he uh, he does this the ice thing now. Uh, he gets hung up on the ring turn and really tires himself out. Uh, he seems to be struggling all, all the way back on the slippery summit. Um, and by the time he gets to the crazy clocks, he's just out of gas. He can't continue. Yeah, but it's appropriate because he's crazy craver and he goes out on the crazy clocks. Yeah. Yeah. Akbar says you, you can't go out on the obstacle that's your namesake. Oh, yeah. I didn't even well, hear him say that. Mostly. It's not. Really, yeah, it's not really his namesake. That's fine. They're the polar uh, bear clocks now. Yeah. Well, uh, Casey Suhaki is next. 26 years old. Uh, he is going to run during the commercial. Yeah, he has a grandpa. He does. Uh, he also goes out in the uh, on the crazy clocks in the middle. Great. Then we had Kenny Nimitalo, the 31 year old concrete worker. Uh, his daughter needed a kidney transplant and she got one because he was on Ninja Warrior. And now he is here to try to find kidneys for other children. Yeah, I do think that between this guy and the the friends who one of them gave the other a kidney, this has really uh inspired me to someday step up and donate a kidney if I need to because it really doesn't seem that scary they all they all got through it I think it's like so terrifying to a lot of people so if anything like I think this at least like normalizes it a little bit and like even if nobody's gonna pick up the phone and be like yeah I'm gonna donate my kidneys to these specific kids it might at least make it like in the future if one of my loved ones needs one I feel like it's something that's a little bit demystified now yeah it's a good point yeah, so that's good. Just talking about things that like you don't know that many people that do and you see like Selena Gomez got one or whatever, like that's not accessible information. So good for you, Kenny Nimitalo. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, he is going to get all the way through the course, barely makes it through the stairhopper. He, uh, he saves it on one leg on the dismount, but uh, he does manage to complete the course and with a very fast time. Yeah, for the first time in a while, right? This is his first finish since like... Season six, I think Season they said. six, yeah. Yeah. Um, he's actually going to be the fastest finish of the night uh, because spoiler alert <laughs> I don't think anyone else finished after this um, <laughs> we, some people finish in a montage yes yes uh, we then get a montage with Nico Long who's out on the cannonball drop which I think makes it number nine um, I don't think they're going to give us a number again uh, Emily Durham who goes out on the slippery summit and then Brett Sims who has that beard battle going on also completes the course. I was like, when Ryan Stratus finished this, I was like, finally, Ryan's going to keep his beard. Brett's going to lose his. Everything's going to be fine. But no, Brett manages to complete the course as well. Because once you have a beard that long, you never want to let it go. I guess so. And those are going to be our three finishers, Kenny, Brett, and Ryan. Uh, then we have Rachel Goldstein, the 34-year-old occupational therapist. She got married recently. Yeah, and her wedding dress was gorgeous. As Gorgeous. are her abs. As are I also have later. Her abs are so iconic. <laughs> yes. Um, she had a handstand competition at, uh, at, I believe, her wedding, right? Or at Jamie's. I don't know. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, one of the recent ninja weddings. Yes. And the, it came down to her and Drew. And uh, there's some controversy because it was apparently very close. Yeah. No one knows who won. Yeah. Team Rachel. My money's on Drew. <laughs> Well, they're going to have a rematch. I'm surprised that Alyssa didn't stay in it because I follow her on Instagram and she's literally always handstanding. You know, uh, maybe everyone else just had the decency to throw it to the <laughs> the bride. <laughs> no, I really think it was Jamie's wedding. Okay. <laughs> um, 
so she uh, she made she managed to get through the slippery slope, which is where she uh, failed in the qualifying course, um, and then misses her first warped wall attempt. Misses the second one as well, uh, and it's like, oh, it's not She's looking great. So close both times too. Yes, uh, then barely, barely gets her hands up there for the third attempt and manages to get up that warped wall. Yeah, she's exhausted on the clocks. And Akbar says, if she makes this transition, I promise I'm going to leave this booth. And then she yeah. immediately falls. And I was like, I wonder if he would have just like left and not come back. This would have had to been the last uh, run of the episode. Yes, uh, she uh, so she completes the salmon ladder, but does go down on the crazy clocks. Very good run, though, for Rachel. Uh, next up, we have another montage starting with Scott Router. Router. Uh, he face planted at Razor's Edge. And then Kevin Carbone, the maker. Also goes down on Cannonball Drop. He had his eyes closed. Doesn't know what happened. He's never done that before. Uh, But apparently he just closed his eyes. Kevin, as always, call me. This is going to be the last time I get to say it this season because you're not going to Vegas. But do it with your eyes closed. Yeah, please. Maybe I'll have a better chance. I follow you on Instagram. Slide in. Uh, Then we had Booty Cothran, the 49-year-old media coordinator. Uh, had a package about doing football things. I don't. I don't understand this. Yeah, he trains with football players now. This just this just felt like uh, again like it's very similar to Crazy Craver. This just felt like a gimmick for the package. Was this like the Possum Kingdom local football team? Because I can't I imagine know. that they have a football team. Is yeah. it high school football? I don't know. It was college? very strange. It was probably um, college football. Well, uh, I just, I just don't, didn't understand the point of it. Uh, he does qualify by getting to the crazy clocks, but he cannot open that first clock, despite Akbar yelling at him, show them old man strength! <laughs> so insulting. They're like, he's tiny and he's old. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Uh, his other old man, uh, Morgan Moose Wright, is going to lose his grip on the ring turn in the next montage. Uh, and Doug Legg, who brought a rose out on the course, lost on the slippery summit. I don't understand why he brought a rose on the course. This is he's a bachelor. Yeah, but that's on ABC. He can't do that. Don't they own roses? Well, it wasn't a, it was, they didn't say tune into the bachelor. They just called him a bachelor and he had a rose. I think Doug Legg was one of the college Ninja Warrior people. It's probable. I remember that name. Yeah. Um, Then we had Drew Dreschel, 29 years old, is going to take on this course. Um, And of course, he's going to be flawless uh, all the way up until the slippery slope or sorry, uh, uh, the uh, stair hopper. Um, He did go forwards on the slippery slope this time instead of backwards. Yeah. So I was annoyed because this was, it was spoiled for me that he didn't finish because I was out last night and I just happened to see a tweet about it, but I thought that he didn't qualify. So it's actually a pleasant surprise. I thought just something, he just like whiffed on one of the early obstacles or like made some huge mistake or something and I couldn't believe it. Uh, But the tweet that I read was just, I guess, poorly worded um, or not specific enough. Um, So it was like, ah, everybody makes mistakes. Like, so sorry, Drew Dreschel or whatever. I was like, no. Um, So I was at least pleasantly surprised that he did qualify. Yeah, this, uh, this must have been a very stressful run to watch for you. It was very stressful. I was like, where does he go out? He just keeps going. Yes. Well, he does then slip on the stair hopper. Um, this is where I saw, I believe um, it might have been Joe. Uh, I think Joe failed here in Philadelphia two years ago, um, as well as uh, 
I know Brian Arnold failed on this at Brian one point. Ar- yeah, and Brian was really Arnold failed. Um, the um, the uh, the Popeye arm. He completed Jeff Britton. <laughs> Jeff Britton failed here in Philly. Uh, a lot of people failed on this obstacle when I was uh, when I was watching it in Philly a couple of years ago. So um, it's just uh, it's one of those tricky tricky ones. It's just very temperamental. Yeah, it's too finicky. I don't love this obstacle. Yeah. Uh, and then we see Jesse Graff, 34 years old, is also going to take on this obstacle uh, or, or this course. Um, but more importantly, that obstacle. I was annoyed about the Jesse Graff thing because in the previous episode on the next time on, they showed her on the crazy clocks. So it was like, <laughs> uh, OK, the last one that she completes. Uh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't see that. This is why I never watched the promos. Yeah. Nobody should watch the promos. Yeah. Um, so she does make it all the way down to the crazy clock. She just, she just flows. It's just not, it's fun watching her. Doing the whole clock in one move is insane. Mm-hmm. It's, I can't believe her. Especially watching somebody like Ryan Stratus, who's got like these giant arms, like struggle to push through the second one. And then, you know, then watching, uh, Jesse just like, whoop. Yeah. It's like, there you go. Ugh, I love her. So glad she qualified. And she qualified fifth place overall right behind Drew. Yes. Uh, and as she's making it through the crazy clocks, Akbar is losing his mind. Yeah. Uh, it's time to go to school on the crazy clock. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> Going to school doesn't even make sense. She's not a teacher. <laughs> she really likes teachers. I know. He wants know her to be a does. teacher. Yeah. Maybe she will be someday. Yes. Uh, so she gets all the way to the stair hopper and just immediately, immediately slips down and uh, and goes into the water. Uh, she had enough energy. She just slipped. Yeah, but that's good. Confidence boost for Vegas, because I know that she talked about in the last episode about how she was like worried that she hadn't gotten enough training in or whatever. Um, so I think now she at least has gone through a very difficult obstacle course and known that she still had enough gas left yeah this was 100 percent going to be the second female city final finisher uh and we were robbed yeah yeah oh yeah no women was this the last city finals no 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 we've got no, we, we've got more but we've got jesse more. Okay. jesse uh <laughs> what i'm saying is that she was going to be oh, the second person yeah um so uh, on the leaderboard, we've got Kenny Nimitalo as the fastest finisher of the night, followed by Brett Sims and then Ryan Stratus. Then we had Drew and Jesse, the only two people to fail on the stairhopper. Uh, and then the rest, um, or actually not the rest. Uh, then we're going to see Michael Johnson, uh, who's got ice in his veins, um, is the fastest person to the crazy clocks where he failed. Then Casey Suhaki. Todd Bourgeois, Nick Patel, Neil Craver, RJ Roman, Drew Hendry, Booty Cothran, and Rachel Goldstein all failed at the Crazy Clocks. And then Rico Rivera sneaks in at 15th place, failing at the Salmon Ladder. Um, so uh, for the first time uh, this season, at least, uh, both female finishers are going to be in the top 15 at the city finals. No separate female leaderboard for this episode. Yeah. Good. Yeah. That's that is the ideal scenario. Yeah, exactly. I mean, as much as like I do want more women to get through, you know, you want it to to be in their own right because this rule still I think has some issues. Yeah. Uh but there you go. That was the Miami 
city finals as well as the other episodes <laughs> as well as all of them that we did such a thorough job yeah um th- th- thank you for your patience for waiting for us to return uh we again apologize for not uh letting you know what was happening <laughs> yeah i just assumed all of you followed me on instagram yeah I mean, we tell you, it's really not on us. I tell you to follow Lita on Instagram every single episode. So if you're not, it's like, what are you doing with your life? Yeah, if you didn't know what country I was in at the time of these episodes, that's really on you. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I think uh, I think that's all we've got for you. Okay, um, we I have not been reading reviews, but I did actually remember to check them. So I'm going to read a review this week to remind you that you should leave us ratings and reviews on iTunes, especially if they're five stars. Um, so this one is from uh, hashtag Ninja Warrior Rocks, all, all capital letters. It says, I'm the biggest 13-year-old fan of the show. I'm currently training for A&W, and I can't wait six more years until I can be on the show. I listen to all of the podcasts that relate to A&W that I can find. This podcast is one of the most informative I've ever heard. It's also funny. Cry laughing emoji. You guys are fantastic. Could you possibly give me a shout-out on the next podcast? I don't know your actual name, so no, I can't. But shout-out to Ninja Warrior Rocks on iTunes. There you go. Thank you so much, Ninja Warrior Rocks. Yes. please. If you would like to have your review read, get a shout out, please review us on iTunes. It helps people find the podcast. Yes, it's true. We're we're competing with the big dogs now. We still have more ninjas. We still have more ratings and reviews than Matt Knockbar's podcast. So, yeah. So everybody should keep it up. What's up, Matt? (laughs) I'll teach you to steal Mr. Pectacular. I see you, Akbar. (laughs) Shanana. <laughs> all right. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Make sure you check out uh, all of the other stuff we're doing. Uh, Big Brother coverage, live feed updates, the Taryn show. Uh, Lita, you're doing uh, you're about to go record another podcast. Yes. Uh, right after this, I'm recording. So you think you can dance. We're doing a couple check ins, uh, but we have our official top 10 as of last night. So we're going to do a top 10 preview for you guys. Um, so definitely check that out. Yes. Uh, and, and of course, follow me on Twitch. Uh, you can watch Social Strategy Sundays uh, as well as some gaming here and there and uh, and watch the, the live feeds with me, whatever you want to do on Twitch. We have some fun um, and uh, follow us on Twitter. I'm at Armstrong Taron. Lita is at Lita Tweeted. Uh, and you can follow Lita on Instagram at Lita Grammed. You can follow uh, me doing nothing on Instagram. I think it's Taryn Armstrong. I don't remember. Taryn dot Armstrong, maybe. Maybe <laughs> one of those. Um, and uh, yeah, that's all we've got. So thank you for joining us, everyone. We will see you next time, which will be next week. Good morning, everyone. I've got a question to ask. Do you want to be a ninja? Taryn. Because they're not that strong This is the American Ninja